What a good God that we serve, uh, allowing us to not only know him, but but to commune with him, to have relationship with him, uh, not just saying that we know him, but to be able on a daily basis to be able to speak to him and have him respond to us. What a privilege uh, it is to know Jesus. Uh, well, today we'll be reading from the book of Joshua once more, uh, beginning with verse 30, the last few weeks uh, in this series forward. We've been looking uh, at the book of Joshua and and his promise, or the, rather the promise that God gave to him, uh, speaking about the promised land and him being the leader. And, and we're going to continue to dig uh, deep. And last week we spoke about Jericho and and a little bit about the sin of Achan when the people were trying to the people of God were trying to overtake uh, AI and now we're picking up after the conquest of of this great uh, city and in verse 30 the Bible tells us this that then Joshua built an altar somebody say altar unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount uh, Ebal as Moses, uh, the servant of the Lord, commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones over which no man has lifted up any iron, and they offered thereon burnt offerings unto the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And he wrote thereon the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. And all Israel and their elders and officers and their judges stood on this side the ark and on that side before the priests and Levites which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord as well the stranger uh, as he that was born among them half of them over against Mount uh, Jerusalem and half of them over against Mount Abal as Moses a servant of the Lord had commanded therefore that they should bless the people of Israel and afterward he, being Joshua, read the words of the law, the blessings and cursings according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded, which Joshua read not before all the congregation uh, of Israel, uh, which uh, with the women and the little ones and the strangers that were conversant uh, among them. Uh, and today... Uh, I just want to continue to to speak in, in this forward uh, series, and 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 we're gonna we're gonna dig deep. And so, what I want us to do is to pray, uh, to ask the Lord to open up our minds, our hearts, to receive uh, His word. To yes, to hear the words of of, of this preacher today, but for God's words to uh, to go beyond what I might speak, and for God to speak to us directly. Can we pray together? This entire church, can we lift up our voices? Lift up our hands to the Lord God. We are here this day, God. We, we offer ourselves this day as a sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto you, Lord God. We're asking that you would speak to us. God, we long to hear your voice. We long to hear a word from you, God. I'm asking, Lord, that you would help us to not just hear a sermon and to go home, but, God, to be challenged by your word 
to be challenged by what you desire to teach us, to, to be challenged to receive and to go home and to apply that we might be changed and that through us you might use us to change our homes and to change our families and to change our workplaces and to change our, our cities and our neighbors. God, we believe you for miracles, signs, and wonders, but Lord, help us to get beyond ourselves and to receive your word, to allow it to cut, to allow it to do its perfect work so that we can accomplish your will. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you so much, so much for standing. Why don't you greet some people before you're seated? Find three people. Tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord today. Thank you guys so much for standing for the word and for fellowship. You guys may be seated. Amen. So Joshua chapter 8, as I mentioned, uh, briefly comes uh, directly, or this part is directly after the conquest of Ai. Uh, we spoke about the son of Achan, and Joshua has just burned down burned down this, this great city. And so uh, immediately after he... He does this. He takes the opportunity to do what Moses told him to do and what I believe uh, Numbers chapter 27. Moses told him, when you get over the Jordan, this is what you need to do. He gave them the instructions and Joshua uh, followed the words of Moses uh, to a T. Immediately after his victory or greatest uh, military conquest to date, I mean, he had just defeated the the people or the city of, of Jericho, uh, and he had just uh, defeated Ai. I mean, these these cities were fortresses. They were they were mighty uh, mighty cities that were respected or feared in the land of Canaan. But Joshua, through the help of the Lord and military expertise, was able to to overcome them to have a successful conquest over these cities. And immediately after the victory. Uh, he doesn't uh, say that, man, we're doing so well, and, and I'm, 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 my plans are working, and God is for us, and so we can just keep on going, and we can push this sacrifice uh, a little bit further down the road, but, but no, he said, he said, now that it's safe. Now, now that uh, now that we have we have done uh, we we have successfully planted ourselves here. It is time for us to create a sacrifice. It is time for us to consecrate ourselves. It's time to hear from the word of the Lord, and, and so he builds an altar. Somebody say altar. Joshua builds an altar and he decides to sacrifice. He decides that, it, that it's time he does a burnt offering and, and he does a, a peace offering. And this is, so, this is so powerful that what he does is that, is that he says, even though we, we got past these people, even though we were, physically, uh, we, were, we were physically overthrowing these cities, he recognized that it was not by their power and it was not by their, their, own, uh, their own ingenuity, but it was according to the plan and the promise of God. Joshua, no doubt, could have said, man, we have worked so hard and we have toiled. Why don't we take some time to rest? But he, but he said it is important that we remember why we crossed over the Jordan. 
and, and when we are and when we're going through our lives and we have gotten past and when we have gotten through some things, we've gotten past some hard times or some times where we were frustrated with people or some hardships within our relationships with, with a brother or, or, or sister or family member, and we get past those things, it's not time for us to say, man, man, I'm glad that we figured this out. I'm glad that we were able to get through it. I'm glad that we had enough, enough money to make it through this season. I'm glad things kind of worked out. I'm glad I, I, I made it through this time where I was really sick and, and then this to forget forget about it, but we have to recognize that God got us through some things for a purpose. That God got us through some things because he has a calling, he has a promise that he has placed uh, on our lives. And for the people of Israel, it was for them to go into the promised land to, just as the the purpose of God was, was the purpose of God for his people has been uh, very similar for, since uh, the beginning of time, really, for when uh, in the book of Genesis, when God placed Adam and, and Eve in the garden, uh, the term that, that many scholars use for God's intentions for them were they were supposed to be his vice regents. This is why God placed his image on them is because they were their job was to subdue the earth into in in the image of God and so things were supposed to be in order things were things were supposed to be the way that God uh, intended them for be there there they uh, you know Adam was supposed to be the priest of his home he's supposed to lead and so they were supposed to raise up uh, generations of people that would serve God and and have the earth in his in his image and likewise with the people of Israel uh, God's plan for them was to subdue the earth in his image they were uh, they were the the tree if you will uh, that was supposed to be and Jesus uses this images this image as well where all the nations of the earth were supposed to uh, were supposed to land on their branches and and, and feed from their fruit and, and from the people of Israel we were supposed to learn uh, of Jesus and we know that that the, the how Israel failed uh, in certain times but the purpose and the promise uh, has still remains on the people of God somebody say that's me uh, it, God's plan for us, God's plan for you, God's plan for me is for us to subdue the earth uh, in his image. That doesn't mean uh, that God wants, wants us to run for president. Uh, it doesn't mean that, that you couldn't. I, I believe in, 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 in you guys. If you want to do it, I'll, I'll support you. Uh, you know, if you have good policies, you'll get my vote. Um, but um, but that, that's not the way that God, God didn't plan to subdue the earth in his image by political, by, by, by a political coup or by creating a physical kingdom. That's exactly what they thought that Jesus would do. That's what, that's how they thought the Messiah would come. They thought, man, these Roman oppressors, they, they've been, they've been so, uh, they've, they've been so bitter, so, so overbearing for us. Surely when the Messiah comes, uh, he's going to overthrow the Roman government. Even some of the disciples themselves thought that Jesus uh, at some point would rise up with power and, and, and sit in his rightful place as the king of Israel. But Jesus showed us that this kingdom that he was building would not be one uh, that, that could be torn down uh, with the ages because somebody 
uh, could build a physical kingdom, as we've seen with the Roman Empire and the Ottoman Empire and the Persian Empire. And empire after empire has been built, and they conquered the known world, and they thought that they had all power, but eventually uh, they crumbled. And so God was not looking to establish his kingdom through physical means. In fact, even when he spoke to Peter, and, and, and he, asked, he asked the disciples, well, who do you say that I am? And he says, thou art the Christ, the Son uh, of the living God. And, and, and Jesus said, said, upon this rock, I, I, I will build my church. And, and we know that, that the Roman Catholic Church, they uh, meant that, that because Peter's name uh, was, was rock, that Jesus was referring uh, to him. But, but if you look at the, at the language that is used there, it's actually two different words uh, for rock. And so Jesus wasn't, wasn't referring uh, to Peter, but we know that he was referring to the revelation uh, of who he actually was. And so because Peter, uh, Peter w- was a man, and eventually Peter was going to die. And so if Jesus was building his rock, or he was building his church rather, uh, on Peter, that means when Peter died, or when Peter messed up, that the church uh, would be in trouble. God is not desiring to build his kingdom on a person. God is not desiring to build his church on the pastor. God is desiring to build the church uh, through the people, for we know that the church is not the building. It's not where we come to gather to worship but this even though it's not a church building this right here where we are is a church because the church has come to worship and so we have to and and so when we come when we come together uh it's not uh, it's not so just to just to gain uh numbers it's not just to build uh, a crowd because uh, because just the number uh, of people there doesn't really mean that the that the purpose of God is, is happening. For we know that there are, are many churches with thousands and tens of thousands of members, and they don't preach the truth. And, 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 and I'm not uh, as much concerned about, about having tens of thousands as I am about the people who, who, are, who are there uh, that day, in that moment, growing in God and getting closer to his purpose for if we recognize that we are to be that we are to carry out his image not just that we were created in his image but that we are supposed to be the image of god for other people uh, then god's church will be established the way that he desired it to be established and it's important that after every victory after every season where we have over uh, come, it is important that just as Joshua led the people, it is important that we are disciplined uh, and we don't look to ourselves. We don't pat ourselves on the back, but we at every time where we have where we have overcome, every time where we have received victory, it is important that we build an altar. That we build an altar. And Joshua's sacrifice was two part. When Joshua sacrificed, the Bible tells us that he gave a burnt offering. Uh, typically, the burnt offering was, was, was also known as the sin offering. And so Joshua said that even though we, we came through the battle and we were victorious and it, was, and it was our hands doing battle and it was our sweat and it was our blood being spilled, it was, yeah, we were not powerful enough to do it by ourselves. We're still just flesh. We're still sinful people and we still need to repent and we still need to be cleansed. And so it is important that every day that we make it to another morning 
And every time that we're going to sleep before we go to bed at night, it is important that we take time to say, Lord, I did not make it through this day through my own strength. I did not make it through my work day by my own power. God, I didn't fix the relationship with my family member by my own strength. God, it was you working through me. And so, God, I'm going to give you the credit. And one way that we give God credit uh, for the things that we do or the things that, that we overcome or, or, or the things that we endure, recognizing that it's by his power, the one way that we give God credit is by sacrificing. You acknowledge God's power and God's strength when we take the time to repent. When we take the time to say, uh, I've got to crucify this flesh. When we take the time to say, not my will, but your will. When we humble ourselves, we give God the credit. And Joshua, the next part of Joshua's sacrifice was the peace offering. Now, we know that the, the peace offering is also referred to uh, as a couple of other different things. It's also referred to as the fellowship, as the fellowship offering. And, and, and this wasn't, this offering wasn't the result of, uh, of sin. It, it was simply uh, a, a thanksgiving. It was simply just communing with God. It was simply just saying, God, we, we praise you. God, this, this, is, this isn't because you did anything special. This isn't because you did something impressive. This isn't because you, you had to blow my mind. But God, I'm just saying thank you humbly. And I'm communing with you. Now, in, in this uh, custom, and uh, this time um, in, in the Middle East, eating with somebody was, was like, uh, was, it meant so much more than, than what it is now. Um, I mean, we eat, sometimes we'll eat with people at work that, that we're, like, we don't even like, but we're going to the same place and we'll just, we'll just sit down and, and we'll just eat and we'll kind of ignore them uh, and kind of forget and we'll try to avoid them the next time when we try to eat. But eating had so much significance, especially uh, eating, eating salt together, which, is, which I know that sounds kind of like, uh, sound like a weird thing, but it is, you know, tradition says or, or some traditions have said that even uh, even some robberies have been stopped uh, because a thief would come in and and try to steal try to steal food and accidentally eat salt and and felt obliged to to stop what he was doing because because it just meant so much like communing with, with each other just meant so much. And so communing, the fact that they could commune with God, uh, it, it meant uh, so much to them. It, it was representative of an unalterable bond or relationship or friendship is, is, what, it, is what it meant. And so you didn't just eat with, with anybody. Uh, you, you, you had to eat with somebody that you thought was important or somebody that you were trying to build a relationship with. And, and, and so they, they did this with God. And, and it's important to look at that significance because uh, in the very next chapter, there is a group of people who are from this city named, named Gibeon. And in chapter 10, the, the kings of the Amorites, they refer to Gibeon as, as a great city. And, as, and says, they said it's as one of the, the royal cities. And so Gibeon 
is very important. It's great and great may, may mean its significance. Perhaps it had an incredible uh, resource. Uh, perhaps uh, it was large in number or size of population, uh, but it is referred to as this great city and this royal city. And so when the people of Gibeon, they hear, because they're close by, uh, they hear about what happened. They, they heard about what happened to, to Og, and they heard about what happened to another king, and they heard about what happened to Jericho and what happened to Ai. And they said, man, these Israelites, man, they're, they're bad news. And so the entire, this is, I mean, this is, would have been an incredible sight to see. And so somebody, uh, they, they get the city organized and they convince everyone, it, it's better for us if we humble ourselves and, and we become their servants than for us to try to oppose these people. Because if not, if we try to oppose the Israelites and we're definitely going to die. And so they create a plan in chapter nine. And it's so it, it, it's so interesting. How, I wonder how long this must have taken because they take all their new clothes and they try to make them into old clothes and they take their shoes and they rip them and they try to make them look look terrible and and they take their new wineskins and wine bottles and they make them to look like old wineskins and and wine bottles and when they're getting ready to travel they don't take any of their good bread but they take all of the moldy bread with them and they travel to the israelites and and they say and i mean they're looking they're looking raggedy like they're 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 looking i can't imagine this this sight that, that, that they were seeing and they and they tell them you know we're people from a far land and we have heard uh, we've heard about the name uh, of the lord and we want to attach ourselves to you because we believe that god is great um and and so they were so they were lying and they were telling some have truths there because they didn't really come from far. Um, scholars tells us that they came from about 16 to 18 miles uh, away. And so they didn't really, I mean, it's far to walk, but it really wasn't that far. And, and, they, and when they're speaking to them, they're, they're, very, they're very intelligent uh, when they're speaking to them. For they say, uh, they say to the children of Israel uh, in, in verse 9, they said to them, from a very far country, thy servants are come. So they're talking about themselves because of the name of the Lord thy God. For we have heard the fame of him and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond Jordan, to Sihon of Heshbon and to Og, king of Bashan, which was at Ashtaroth. And it was interesting that they only mentioned what happened on the other side of Jordan because news traveled slowly in that day. And so they were smart enough not only to make their clothes look bad, to make their wine skins look bad, to make their shoes and to make their bread look bad, but they were smart enough to not tell them the news of what had just happened. Because if they said, man, we heard about what you did to Jericho and what you did to Ai, Israel would have known, well, how did you hear about it so fast if you came from so far away? And so these people were very smart and they're very organized. And they said, why don't you make a relationship with us? Why don't you make a covenant with us? And for some reason, Joshua and the princes of Israel decide to oblige and they decide to, to have a meal with them. They decide to commune. Uh, with them. And in verse 14, it says this, and the men uh, took of their victuals, their resources, and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. That is so important. Relationships are so important. For it, for, 
I mean, there, there will be, there, there are times where, uh, where the people, where people in our lives, in our circles, uh, that they don't really want, uh, they don't really want what they say that they want. But there is, there is something else, um, you know, I, I've, I've dealt with people who I've, you know, I was trying to, to lead them to Christ and, and they would say that their intention was to get closer to God, but their intention was for me to buy them another meal at Bible study. Their intention was simply to 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 take of my time so that they could so they could cry or that they could they could complain and they could tell me how bad their brother is. They could tell me how 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 their how bad their mom is and 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 they their intention was never to get closer to God, but but it was to get uh, something something. Uh, from me and likewise we have people or we will have people if you don't have them currently at different times who will want to take something from you uh, who will speak good intentions uh, but their heart is saying something or saying something completely different whether it be of your resources or of your your time which I guess is the is the the greatest uh, resource and so it's important that with every relationship uh, that we have to evaluate it through the lens of the Holy Ghost, to evaluate it through the lens uh, of the Lord. And there are people who, who have need, and I'm not saying that if somebody, if you know somebody that is in need of something uh, that might need uh, a meal or, or might need some, some money to, that you need to cut them off but but the lord will reveal over time whether or not this person has any intention of getting better like there are some people who uh who i know that that i've loaned money to or others have loaned money to and they're they would speak that their intention is to get better you know like i want to get better i want to get out of this but then it's like hey man how many jobs have you applied for in the last six months (laughs) um None, man. I, I mean, I went and I got a couple of applications, but, but, and, and so you can see by their actions because because the Bible tells us that 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 whatever somebody speaks, and this applies to to a Christian, to a non-Christian, to a, whatever somebody says that their intentions are, uh, that that's all well and good, but there will be fruit. Uh, there will be fruit associated with what that person says. There will be fruit associated with, with what you say. And so if we have got to be careful about having those relationships in our lives, then we have got to be careful for ourselves that we are not creating that relationship with God. That, that, we, that, that, that we don't really, that we don't become the person that's saying, God, I, I, I want to get better. God, I, I want to go deeper. God, I want more of you. And our and our and our words are flattering. Uh, I, I mean, uh, our words sound good. Our prayers sound good. I mean, if you ever heard somebody praying, you're like, man, I wish I could pray like that. Like, uh, man, how do they? How do they do? They must really like have a good relationship with God. And our our prayers are, are eloquent and, and, and they're powerful and they sound really good. But but Jesus even said it that these um, that these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far 
from me. We must be careful that we do not in that we do not take on the curse of these Gibeonites who 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 will who will dress ourselves in a certain way, uh, who who will who will say all of the right things, who uh, who, who who will look the part, but really our hearts are are not having the right intentions. They they wanted to be saved by the people of God, but they didn't want to know the God of Israel. They wanted to be saved, but they didn't want to have relationship. God help us if we have a desire to be saved, but we don't have a desire to have a relationship with him. The relationship with God goes beyond just knowing him. It goes beyond the Sunday service, but it, but it goes into communing with him. The peace offering that Israel uh, that Israel partook of it wasn't it's not just something for us that we have to wait for a special occasion for that we have to wait for a special service for. But if you are filled with the gift of His Spirit, every day we have the opportunity to send up a peace offering to God and to commune with Him, and to commune with Him. And so they deceive. Israel and eventually, I mean, eventually things get found out, and uh, and and now the people are upset at the princes of Israel, and Joshua, Joshua, you know, decides to uh, decides to give them your a curse, if you will, which now they go from, as they refer to in chapter ten, going from a great city to now becoming the servants. Uh, of Israel, and, and the Bible tells us that the work that they were doing um, culturally, if you look at it, was was the work um, that only that only the women would do. And so now, these and we know how how uh, how, how chauvinistic the ancient well uh, Middle Eastern culture uh, was, and in some ways is now. And so and so their their pride, uh, the the pride of these men. Uh, only doing the work that that they that they thought women should do would have been destroyed. I mean, they probably would have preferred to do slave work because then they would still have honor that they're doing man's work. But Joshua, uh, Joshua, which I guess it's kind of messed up, and I'm not saying that we need to be like Joshua, uh, but but Joshua decided to take their pride, take their pride from them uh, because because of what because of what they did but likewise as i said to beware of this curse of the gibeonites that that if we continue to try to trick god that if we continue to say one thing and be another that eventually god will will, will take some things from us so that we can recognize the error of our ways so that we can recognize uh, whose purpose we really need to be living after. Don't allow it, hear, hear, hear me this say, don't allow it to get to that point. If there is something in your heart, uh, then, then we need to examine ourselves today. Examine yourself to allow the word to do its work. Allow God to be that great physician. Allow the word, which is quick and powerful, to, to, to do some cutting today, to do some surgery today so that God can do what he needs to do so that we don't have to, so that we don't have to endure this curse of the Gibeonites where God has to take something away or place a burden upon us so that we can recognize our mistake recognize your mistake today recognize god i haven't done enough god i've been saying one thing and i've been living another god help me this day and god will bless you because that's who he is we sang the song today that he is a good good father he's a good father 
I mean, he could've, they could have just said it once, but I kind of, I mean, in, in a sentence, it doesn't, really, it doesn't really make sense. But the artist that wrote that song, a uh, band called House Fires, I mean, they, they, you, got, you got to put it twice. And it's, I, I think it's almost maybe without them even realizing it, it it's, almost, it's almost very biblical in the way that they were saying good, good father. Because in, in the ancient Hebrew, there, wasn't really, there weren't really superlatives. There wasn't really a, like a good, better, best. You know, uh, there wasn't something like that. And so that's why in Isaiah chapter six, uh, when the angels are saying holy, they said, holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of his glory, literally saying that he is the holiest of the holy. And, and so when, when we sing a song, when we're singing that song like that, we're, we're saying that not only is God good, but he's he's better. Uh, he's he's more good than anybody else could ever be good. I mean, it's, it's far beyond what we could ever imagine. If somebody is nice, he's the night. If somebody is great, he's he, he he's the greatest. I, I wonder if today if we could begin to add uh, add some superlatives uh, to, to our sentences and recognize that when we say things like, like God, you are good. God, you are holy. That God, you are mighty. That we're not saying it on the plane of, of how we define the how as we have our human or English definitions. But when I say that God, you are mighty, I'm saying that God, you are the mightiest of the mighty. That nobody compares to you. I think that's a good thing to remind ourselves that that no one compares to him. That nothing compares to him. That nothing can keep us or separate us from the love of God. I love the way that that Paul said it, that I am persuaded. My goodness, is anybody persuaded? Are you persuaded? Because if we are persuaded, then our actions will follow our beliefs. Your actions are an indicator of what you really believe. If you're not building any altars, then perhaps you believe that you can make it without altars. If you, if you believe that you, can, that you can live for God without prayer, perhaps you don't believe that God answers prayer. Uh, I, I don't know what it is that, that you may be lacking or the things that you're doing or not doing, but, but like I said earlier, it's time today, it's time this week for some self-examination uh, because if we want the promises that God gave to Israel as we have been grafted into that same, uh, into that same branch, into that same tree, if we want to receive the promises, it's, it's indicative of us that, that we examine ourselves so that we are like Israel in chapter 9 and, or chapter 8, and we're not like the Gibeonites in chapter 9. In chapter 10, the, uh, I'll, I'll close with this. In chapter 10, there are uh, kings of, of the five kings of the Amorites who, who they see what happened to Jericho, and they see what happened to Ai, and they see how the Gibeonites have made peace with the Israelites. And they're saying, man, this is not, saying this is, this is not good. Something's going to happen. And the Bible tells us that they greatly, that they feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city as one of the royal cities. And because it was greater than Ai, and all the men thereof were mighty, so not only did they have some some wealth? Not only were they perhaps large in size, 
but they were also a people who had who had great warriors um, and so this put fear in the hearts of these uh, five kings uh, of the Amorites, the king of, of Jerusalem and the king of Hebron and the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish and the king of Eglon. The Bible says that they gathered themselves together and went up, they and all their hosts, and encamped before Gibeon and made war against it. Let me uh, close uh, with this. Let's be careful of, of the decisions that we make because of fear because of fear. Let me tell you, fear, fear, uh, fear is so deceptive, just like pride. Pride is, is deceptive because pride will allow you to do the, ro- the right things, but to do them for the wrong reasons. That, that's what pride will do. But fear is also deceptive uh, as well because, because uh, fear will, because a lot of times when we're doing something that, that's wrong, we can kind of feel it. You know, our conscience is, 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 speaking, is speaking to us and it's like, man, this is wrong. Um, and we may feel like this is wrong, so I'm not going to do it, or it's I'm wrong, but you know I'm already here, so I'm going to do it anyway. Um, but it, but it, but at least that, that 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 is there. But with fear, it deceives us because it's like, man, this this is what's right. It almost it almost warps the mind in in, in a sense of, of what is right and, and, and what is wrong. And we can choose good things out of fear. The, these five kings of the Amorites, they said, man, we've got to protect our home. We've got to defend our, our cities. But fear, but fear did not cause them to do it in the right way. There was fear and there was pride because they recognized, man, they, they recognized what the God of Israel had done in Egypt, just like everybody else. Because when they speak about them, they said, what God, what your God has done, they don't even give the people of Israel credit. They said, this is, this is what God did in Egypt. And even Rahab acknowledged it. She said, we have heard and our hearts are melting like wax because of what we heard that your God did in Egypt and what you did to uh, Sihon and to, and to Og, uh, the kings. Uh, and, and they're giving God the credit, but instead of... Uh, instead of wanting to save their city by saying, man, we acknowledge your God as the God, as the one uh, true God, they said, man, it's better because of their fear for us to to create war, to war against him. That is the only thing that they knew. And if we are not careful because of fear, our, our minds will become warped thinking that we are making the right decision or good decisions. And we will find ourselves warring against God or against God's will for our life because of fear. Uh, today, what I'm asking is, as, we, as every, every head is bowed, as we close our eyes and then music uh, begins to play, uh, that we take some time to, to examine ourselves. We're saying, like, Lord, what is it? How have I uh, allowed fear to creep into my heart? For it was fear that caused the king of the the kings of the Amorites to rise up in war uh, against the children of Israel, and it was fear that caused the Gibeonites to deceive Israel. How is it that I'm allowing fear to be in my life? And God, give me the strength today. Don't just don't just see the problem, but see the solution. Recognize that God has the power. God, give me the strength to fight fear this day. Give me the strength to fight fear. Let's pray together.